This episode is brought to you by the Lash Boss newsletter. If you would like to receive a monthly newsletter from me, written by me, not AI, never sponsored, no ads included, um, and no spam too. Like it's really just once a month that I send something out. It includes upcoming lash events, lash tips and trends, artists to watch, ones that are up and coming and that I have been finding valuable and even books that I'm reading at the moment that are helping me run my business. Then subscribe to Lash Boss Newsletter. Like I said, I send it out only once monthly and it's packed with a ton of information that any lash artist would find valuable. You can subscribe at the link in the show notes or on my Instagram or on lashbossradio.com. Welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. I'm Shelby, your host, and today I am joined by two very special guests, Ashley and Hakeem Gonzalez. Ashley is the education and social media marketing specialist at PLA, and Hakeem is the Lash Poppy on Instagram and TikTok. You guys probably already know them both, but it is their first time on Lash Boss Radio, and I'm so excited. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thanks for Thank having you. Us. Hi, Shelby. Hi. I'm so excited to finally have you guys on. Me too. We're excited. We've been a big fan of your show. And by me, I mostly mean me. Hakeem is not a podcast person, but he's a big fan of you. So. Thank you. That is so nice. Um, well, yeah, let's kind of hop right in with um, just like a quick introduction. I Like I said, I'm sure everyone knows you guys already, but give me like a Cliff Notes version of y'all's history. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, ha- Ashley, Hakeem, we've been married now for I don't even know how many years, but we've been together since I was a teenager. And so Hakeem's been a barber for now for like thir- 13, 12, 13 years. Yeah, a long time. And he was the first one to get into like the beauty industry. And then I kind of followed him like a lot later, a few years later, I followed him. And over time, like it just made more sense to work together than to work separately. And that's when we joined forces and we started working the salon together, which turned into our training academy, which turned into our supply store. And then before you know it, we we're both traveling, teaching classes all around the country, speaking at conferences. And so we it really kind of was one of those things that just made sense to kind of work together instead of working on our own. He had his barbershop. I had my lash business. But the lash business, I mean, as you know, like it's just been growing exponentially for some time now. So we started working together and that's when Hakeem started creating like the silly content for the salon and stuff like the lash poppy. And and then before you know it, I mean, because initially he was what, like for a hot second, he was um, Hakeemlicious. Yeah, Hakeemlicious <laughs> because our salon name was Beautylicious. And so that's really where it started. But then he even was like, that just doesn't resonate with me. I don't like that name. Can I come up with something else? And it seemed like the name change really like helped yeah. helped a lot of people it was easier to to remember and stuff yeah mm-hmm. yeah people didn't know what hockey wishes meant and it was kind of catchy you know for sure H- yeah hockey yeah, was just kind of like what is that yeah and it was just one of those things where it's like well i taught him how to do lashes he needed a name and prior to that he never had like um 
I wasn't really on social media yeah. to begin with, honestly. I wasn't yeah. like a huge social media person. So he didn't like social media at all. Actually, he hated it. He, when I would tell him, like, you need to post more because he owned a barbershop. So I'm like, you need to post more content. You need to be more active, like on Google and stuff. He's I, like, I was a big old hater. I'd be like, no, nah, that's for the young kids. I don't want to do that. I don't want I was like the barbers in here don't post and they're busy as hell. I don't need to be posted. Like I was, a, yeah. I, I fought it for a long time. He would say that it looked thirsty <laughs> to post online. Like, hey, I have availability this week or something like that. He's like, it looks desperate. Mm. Like, it looks like I can't run my business. I don't need people thinking I'm like desperate for clients when I'm not. And so it was, um, it was an uphill battle working with him in the beginning because he wasn't interested in utilizing social media whatsoever. He had built his barbershop business just by working at, I mean, how many barbershops did you work at before you bought the shop? Like, like four? Like maybe more. Maybe, maybe five. like five barbershops. So over the course of his years as a barber and working at five different locations, that's how he built his clientele. He didn't use any type of like social media, internet, anything online to build his clientele at all. So it wasn't until he started working with you that he was like promoting more so your stuff and that's what got him on. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I I had seen, I had seen, I forgot the guy's name. I wish I could say, I remember his name. It it was like this black guy that was doing nails Yes, and he had like a lot of exposure. And I was like, Oh, I was like, I was like, I could probably like start doing lashes and help like get into some exposure. I was like, I just have to get good at it because the guy was good at it. It's like, I I was like, I "I can't fake the funk. I was like, obviously I'm going to have to learn, but I was like, if I get good, I think I have a look that could grab some attention. And that was always the plan. It was never really for him to be a lash artist. It was like, I had a lot of clientele. And so he was like, I could make content and like do the clients that you're turning away because you're too busy. It was always just kind of like, it was never supposed to be that serious. Yeah. I think like that's how it started. But then very quickly we started noticing like, it wasn't just likes and comments and followers that he was getting. It was like testimonials, like people sending him emails and DMs like, oh my God, like you changed my life. Like you, you opened my eyes. You inspired me to just, yeah. to, to just do something different. You know, it wasn't even, it wasn't always about doing lashes. It was like, oh, I've been thinking about doing something like nails, uh-huh. yeah, hair. Yeah. Like, you know, what? but you're doing it and you're like, obviously not scared. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Just, you know, put yourself out there. You never know what you're going to get, you know, until you try it. And that's really how we realized at a certain point, probably at about a year in, we were like, hey, I think we actually have something here. Like this could be really impactful in ways we hadn't anticipated. We just thought it was going to be like a little marketing ploy for the salon and for my classes, but it ended up being something way bigger than than we could have imagined. And so it was just, it just made sense to kind of lean into that. And so when the whole trademark issue happened with our salon and the product line that we were selling it was kind of like one of those divine intervention moments because we had already talked about like you know well if we don't even have the salon anymore and we're leaning into courses and all this stuff like might as well go with what people know us for and that's really what they knew us for was because of Hakeem so it was a little confusing sometimes when people would find Hakeem you know, click on his bio and then it would be like Beautylicious website, right? Because they're like, wait, no, I'm trying to buy stuff from the Lash Poppy. I don't, who is this? And then they, so we had a very um low, like click through rate. They'd go on our website and then they'd like bounce off. We had a, lo- a very high bounce rate. So that wasn't really good, right? For SEO and things. And that was stressing me out. So at first, our first um, solution was to come out with like a Lash Poppy collection, right? On the first website. So people know like these are his favorites. And that worked a little, but nonetheless, like it's still like people 
you know, hard making the connection between a name like, you know, Glam Glitz to the Lash Poppy. They're so inconsistent. And so that's where, um, and then around that same time, we got served with um, a letter, a cease and desist letter, basically saying that our trademark infringed. We had a, our trademark was in the, um, in the, in the, probation period yeah like the approval like where you have to wait yes. and see if somebody and they get a certain amount of time so we had already gotten through a couple steps but we were like in that last step and, and i remember thinking, and of course yeah this big beauty um like a retailer like a makeup retailer has a name that's similar it's not exactly the same it's not even spelled the same but it's similar enough to where they felt because we do use we are in some of the same categories as them um, that's the thing that sucks right now about lash industry when it comes to trademarking is that a lot of our tools, because we've, we're so new, a lot of the tools fall under like makeup application tools or, you know, tweezers like lash tweezers, for example, don't have its own category. They're going to fall under brow tweezers. And so because of that, even though we don't sell the same products at all, um, because they cannot be differentiated, uh, between, from the USPTO then technically we sell the same stuff they do as far as they're concerned. So we could have, with our attorneys that we worked with to get the trademark going, told us that we have a really good chance of winning because we sell different products and because we have a different brand. The name is different. But this is a huge multi-million dollar company. But it would be a, a crazy legal battle, you know? And So we just were like, we at a certain point, we were already like tens of thousands of dollars in just on like legal fees, like going back and forth, sending letters, setting appointments. And we got to the point where we were like, you know what, if this is what it's like, and we're only a few months into dealing with this, imagine if we do get to litigation, like how expensive is it going to be? Is it even worth it? You know, at that point, I think it was a little bit of my pride that was keeping me kind of fighting the fight. And then I really stepped back and I was like, you know what, maybe this is the sign that we needed. And Hakeem agreed. He's like, you know, if, you know, if this is what we, the push we needed to tell us that, hey, it's not, we don't need to use that name. And I would say we experienced a, a huge um, increase after that happened in our classes and our products. And it would the, it was the shift that we needed to go full on Lash Poppy for our brand. Wow. Well, what did that feel like for you guys at first, like doing that? Were you expecting that or did you, were you kind of nervous that you were going to, something was going to happen? Um, to be honest, I think the moment I got the first letter, I think I already started letting go. Like um, just attorney stuff, just anything to do with the law really freaks me out. Like I hate being late for appointments. I, I'm like one of those people that I do not to ever disappoint anyone. I don't want to get people in trouble. Where I come from, like, you know, breaking the law isn't crazy unheard of, but I just always promised myself I would just not be that person. I never want to, I never want to step foot in a courthouse if I don't have to. Like, so when I saw that letter, I was kind of like, just quit, just dump it. Like, let's just throw everything away. Like we make money selling courses. We make money other ways. So I was kind of like, F it. I'll go back to doing lashes full time. Like, I don't need this drama. And um, Hakeem was kind of like, I quit. I, I let go of my barbershop for this. <laughs> so I was like, this, this, this is who I am now. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. So he, Hakeem was kind of the more the one that was like, it, it got to the point where it was it pride that was speaking for me. Maybe like he was telling me, do you want to let go of it? Because you don't want me to be the face of the company. Is that the problem? And I hadn't thought about it like that consciously, but maybe that was what it was. You know, people in my city would call me Beautylicious Ashley. Like that was my whole like existence. I built this from the ground up. I mean, I built this, I built Beautylicious 
during times where me and Hakeem, I wanted to divorce him because he wasn't as supportive as I needed him to be. Like he wasn't giving me money to buy lash supplies when I needed it. Right. Cause I was, I wasn't making a lot in the beginning. No one does. And so like the, it was my blood, sweat and tears. And it was more that than anything. So maybe there was a sense of like pride and ego that was like, no, like you built this. And I had people in my I had some friends in my ear saying like, are you really going to let him be the face of the company you build? And even though that's not like my nature to be, want to be the face of the company, it's just when you have things in your ear and there's so much going on, it was a thought, I guess. And I, I got, I pulled myself together and thank God for therapy because I'm able to like listen to myself and be more aware. And I'm like, maybe that is what it is. Would it make more sense to have Hakeem be the face of the brand. And it just made more sense. It made way more I, sense. I think it also worked um, just because I would always, I always gave like um, Ashley her flowers, you know, it's not like I ever tried to take credit for doing anything. I always say Ashley's the real, like the, yeah. the real brains behind the operation. Like if it, it'd be, I think it would have been a different vibe if I would have been like, always like, Oh, forget about my wife. Like the tension's over here. No. Yeah. I have more followers and I'm, I'm the one you should listen to. But it. If you guys have ever been around me or seen me at any shows or anything, you guys know that I'm, I'm always saying it's Ashley. It's never, it's never been me. Like I, I kind of help with what I can, but pretty much everything that's ever been in our business has been Ashley. So I, I'm not shy to say it. So I do feel like that also helped, you know, for sure. That helped a decision that helped the decision. Like, it's not like I was ever afraid that. And to be honest though, the funny thing is like, I don't really love being the face anyways. I like the back end stuff. I like um, working on, I love like trying to figure out the SEO and trying to figure out algorithms so that I can help him and help people that I work with be that visionary person that they so desperately want to be. So it, it just made sense. You know, it made sense for me to be more in the sidelines and him to be more in the front because that's not really his thing you know like doing the technology and the web setup and all that that's not his thing at all so it was kind of like why am I fighting something that should be is so natural like this makes sense and it really did and we saw it within the first couple months like it was it was crazy how fast it started to grow and how much people wanted it and it just made more sense so sometimes you know as a business owner that's where we struggle. It's like we start something and we're so passionate about something. And then also, like I said, like Hakeem's not necessarily passionate about lashes. And so that like he was never like he never sat down with me and was like, wow, that looks so fascinating. I want to do that for a living. It was never like that. Hakeem was always like, can we make money doing this? And I think that was, you know, I think we can make money. There's money in that. And for me, it's a passion thing. Like my business has always been a passion. So I think being in that position where it's like, I don't want someone to take over my company that just wants to make money and isn't passionate. But then when I thought about it, I'm like, well, I'll still be in control. <laughs> I'm still the one making the decisions. And so, yeah, it's just, it's checking yourself and looking at your ego and seeing, remembering that you can't base your decisions as a business owner on your feelings. You have to base it on what makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure also like when that first happened, like you mentioned, like when you first got that letter, your mind is already like going and okay, we could do this, 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 or this. And it's just yeah. as entrepreneurs, like that's what we naturally do. Every time we're met with a problem, I'm sure, you know, having a salon or whatever, you've gone into every conversation that's like someone's presenting a problem and you're already like, okay, get to the point because we can do this, this, and this. These are the options. Yes. But I think I it, ended up working out really well for you guys. And it happens to work like as you guys are talking and every time I interact with you guys in person too, I feel this way, but you know how um, people just love like dynamic duos and they love seeing like power couples and stuff like that. Yeah. 
a lot of those times, which is it's it's a great thing, um, but a lot of times it's almost like they're a package. They're you have to see them together. And, or that's how your mind sees them as like a package, right? With you guys, y'all are individually both up here in my mind. And then just together, it's just fascinating to watch. And I think that's why y'all's following is so loyal and almost like a cult following, right? I feel like right, yeah. whenever I visited you guys' booth at LashCon this past year, I could hardly talk to y'all because there was so many people like that kept on coming up to talk to you and y'all sold <laughs> out like your new earrings like super fast. Anyways, so it must have just like hopefully felt good that it was like the right decision, you know? I appreciate you saying that because I think that's something we've talked about in the back end too. Um, something that you see a lot of the times with like what you said, like just these partnerships. That's what we talked about at Lash Boss Summit last year was partnerships. And in my opinion, the best partnerships work because you don't necessarily need each other, but you can work very well together. Like you respect the the strengths that each other has. Like some other examples are like Paul and Tessany, right? Like Paul has his own genius in, you know, in vet in in sales and in, in event throwing, right? And that's his genius. Like even with essentially at this point, even I mean, you know, they're never gonna be apart. But like hypothetically, even without Tessany, like Lashcon has become huge. Yes, in huge part to Tessany, but like Paul, that's almost who you associate Paul with Lashcon, yes. right? And then with Tessany, I think of like integrity lash. I think of, you know, nerdy lash discovery things that and not that and obviously they're both play roles in all of it but they have their own geniuses aside from each other. And then they come together and they're lash cast and they're, you know, speaking on stages. And yes, I would gladly listen to either of them on their own about whatever their specialty is. But when they're together and that's what something we wanted, we didn't want to fall into the trap of like, well, if he's not available, then they don't want me and vice versa. And, you know, and honestly, Hakeem is way more comfortable on camera, on stage with me anyways. Yeah, so I kind of feed off of Ashley. I like to kind of take the lead and then I'll just throw in like my little side line, my little jokes here and there and try to bring some personality to the... And it just, it just, you're right, it works better. And I think people need to see more of that. I know that I didn't really grow up seeing a lot of people that looked like me in really healthy you know, good dynamics. So I think that coming from that perspective, we have people that are like us. Hispanic community is growing at a rapid rate in the lash industry. But a lot of times we're coming from single parent homes and like, or just, you know, and that's just the the world as a whole, right? But especially in minority families, because the resources are limited and, you know, you just don't have access to the mental health and like, you know, all of those things. So you see a lot more unhealthy home environments. I'm trying to word it really well, but like that this is unique for us, like for our people. They see, wow, those two people have been together. Ashley was a teenager when they got together and we had a kid really young. I got pregnant at 19 and like to see us still not only just married together, but doing okay. I mean, we're not perfect. No one's perfect, but like we're, we're handling it and we're making it work every day. And I think that is something that I love to be a part of. Like, I want that for as many people as possible out there. Like, no matter where your background is or how you started, like, you can have it if that's what you want. Absolutely. So now, because, so I want to kind of talk about your, um, 
because you now work with PLA. I want to talk about that. But how has that shifted um, what you guys are doing with the Lash Poppy and everything? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Completely. Yeah. So we actually haven't really openly talked about what our plans are anywhere else. Those will be the first time that we kind of talk about it. But we have really big plans to completely pivot. Um, When I first took the position here at PLA, uh, that's where we are right now. We're in the studio at PLA. Um, When I first took the position here, you know, it's a big, it's a big um, adventure, I guess. Like it was a big deal for us because um, I know how to sell products. I know how to make money. I know how to sell courses. I've traveled all around the country, teaching classes, speaking at conferences and so being in that position where like I know that this guy's kind of the limit for us, especially com- me combined with like his uniqueness, right? I know that we can do literally anything and we've, we've proven it to ourselves. We threw an ev- our own little tiny event and it was a s- complete success. Like after doing things that I didn't think I could do and every time being able to do them, uh, I got to a point where I finally felt like, wow, I could do whatever I want. And so to be in that position and then be offered a position here at PLA to help them with their education and revamp, you know, a lot of the things that they were working on and help them bring to life all these huge projects they want to do. It was a huge honor, but also at the same time, I had to really reflect and say like, does that mean like I have to give up what I've been working on? And, you know, there's so many feelings and Hakim's just like in my corner all the time. Like you'll kill it out here, but you'll kill it in there. And like, they're awesome. He came first. He actually visited for the masterclass last year. And he um, was like, I just hung out here, met everybody, and I was just like, you know what? They're just really nice people. They're really cool. I think that'd be a, it'd be a good team to work with. Like they seem like they're. He's being modest yeah, like, about uh, like, how he yeah, how he was, was reacting. He was gassed up. He was like, "Hey, you have to work here. Like you would love it. These people are just like you. Like they'll give they'll, they'll you'll have the resources to try all the stuff that you've been wanting to try right. and do all this all these cool new different things." And and that was one of my issues is that I have such big dreams and I'm. I mean, I don't want to brag on myself, but I know how to do a lot of things. Like I had to teach myself because we didn't have the resources or the help to like do all the things I was doing. So I had to figure it out myself. And and because of that, there's so many things I want to do, right? Like when you have a podcast and you teach classes and you have a product line, your brain is going a million miles. Like what's the next move? But the problem is when it's just you and your husband and a small team that's supporting you, you don't always have the resources to be able to invest in like this new machine or this new lighting or this new, you know, whatever, the new thing that you need in order to effectively do that. Because what people don't understand is that when you have multiple avenues of revenue income streams, right, that means multiple businesses. Like that's the part that's very um not very well talked about. It, you don't just have multiple ways of making money. It's not just more money coming in and less work. It's a, no. it's more money and a lot more work. Exponentially more work and you don't get more time. Like you don't magically have more hours in the day or more days in the week. And so that was one of the issues that I ran into a lot was I want to do all these things, but I'm only one person. And as much as Hakim loves and supports me, like he, his brain doesn't work the way mine does. And so you're killing it, babe. Only go so far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The words of affirmation are great, but they don't help me get stuff done. And so um, Adderall helped a little, but I had to chill with that. Um, but yeah, and so I we realized like all the things that I want to do, all my hopes and dreams for our company, PLA was kind of already doing them. Like everything I want to be for the world, like I want to give people opportunities uh, for employment that 
have a hard time getting jobs, for example. That's a big dream of mine. Like I have family members, like relatives, like my dad and my uncles that like have a really hard time getting or maintaining jobs because of their colorful past. And that's something that I'm really passionate about giving people chances um, that normally people wouldn't, uh, especially in the corporate world. And it's something that people don't think about is like people who have criminal records, they can't get a government job because they just can't like they don't, they're not allowed to, but then corporate companies don't want to hire them because they have a criminal record. And it's like, well, where are they supposed to work? So no wonder that the turnover rate of them just going right back to what they were doing is so high because what are the options out there for them? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, sure. Start a business, but with what funds, with what, with what support. Right. And so that's something I've always been really passionate about. And Hakeem knows that I'm like, I want to have a company that's so successful. I can hire my dad to manage it. I can hire my uncle to work there. And, um, because I know they'd be great. And Michelle does that. She hires people who are very underqualified to do their jobs and she gives them a chance and she teaches them and she mentors them and she has people, she gives people chances. And so, to me, I'm like, this company already does what I wanted to do. Like Paul always tells us he loves having us as sponsors uh, for LashCon because pe- the number one thing that people say is like, oh my God, that booth was so nice. They were so friendly. You know, they, they're they so nice to everybody and nobody was talking to me and they came up to me. And so that's so much of like who we are and PLA is already that on a larger scale. So to me, it was like, Again, how to put my ego aside and put my pride aside and say, yes, could I do that? I could. But why not just join forces with somebody who's already doing it? Like, it just makes more sense. Like, and that was really the deciding factor. I'm like, Michelle's already built something that's almost a mirror image of what my dreams were for us. And so I'll, I'll have to say that the pink I've had, it's, it's, it's grown on me. The pink is a lot. <laughs> the pink is not my thing, but like it's grown on me. And I feel like I have become way more pink inside and out since being at PLA. Um, but yeah, the initial transition to taking the job was, there was just a lot of thoughts in my mind, but it made sense. Again, like putting my pride and all of those things aside, I'm like, this makes sense. Like this is an incredible company. They do incredible stuff that people, yes, the, so much that people don't even know about the PLA does. And the more I learned about the company, I came to visit myself and I'm like, why don't you guys talk about this stuff? Like, What are some of those things or, that you can share? Right. Yeah. No, something, I mean, like, that's the thing. They will share things here and there, but like, for example, Paris pays your bills. I'll be fully transparent. I didn't really know about Paris pays your bills. I thought it was like a one-time thing that I saw once on social media, but every single month Paris gives away sometimes up to $20,000 to lash artists and nail techs now because we branched out into nails, but like, um, for things like their school tuition, they bought someone a car once, like yeah, they when I, when pay I came, for education. I, the first time I came, they gave uh, for that class, they gave someone like $35,000 for a car. Like, I mean, they just constantly and like, and it's, it's crazy to me. Like there's, that is just one thing. And the way they get that money, by the way, is from the department that I work in, which is education, any classes that are purchased, um, the money, all the profit goes towards Paris, Paris and bills. So, so education department's not even a technically profitable department. So I actually cost money technically for, for PLA. I don't actually generate any income for PLA as far as education goes. Even if I sell all our classes for the rest of the year, PLA doesn't profit from that. Mm -hmm. So that was something that was crazy. And second of all, like, I also didn't know how insanely affordable and attainable PLA classes are. Like, our three-day um, Lash Foundations Unleashed that just launched, three-day class, 
lunch is included, kitten included, headshots are included. What else is included? A marketing class is included. Uh, breakfast on the first day. I mean, a kit. I mean, it's just crazy how much you get. You get to do two models in class. You get to watch a model in class. Um, plus, you get one year access to the virtual lessons. So basically, you get online course access for a whole year. I mean, like all that. And it's $405. Whoa. Yes. Yes. It's crazy. Like, and we do one like a class every month. Like we do up to, we max it out at eight students. Like it's such a small class because they want to make sure everyone gets Apple time. There's three, usually three trainers, at least two, but sometimes three. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't even know that. I'm like, why have I never taken a class with you guys? What am I doing? Like, why didn't I take a class with PLA? Um, and now there's, those are just like some of the, you know, things. I mean, Michelle employs so many people overseas again are underqualified she gives people chances like this just she does so much for them and like makes sure that they have they get a livable wage which like who does that who makes sure that people in foreign countries are getting a foreign uh you know people buy, outsource from overseas so that they don't have to do that they do it so that they can like try and get it for as low as they can and to exploit people and michelle has literally made her own factories for our lashes so that she can control the wages and the work environment for the people like all of that to me is gets me emotional because i'm like that is like everything i would do like that's everything mm -hmm. i would do so when I but I didn't know any of that stuff. And there's so much more, but like those are some of the main things. I made a video, um, like a reel yesterday about like um like some of the perks of working at PLA kind of. And yeah, like there's a daycare on site, you know, like, you know, there's just there's just so many cool things here that we have like access to and and I just don't think people know that. If I had known that about PLA, to be completely honest, I don't know that I would have started our product line. If I would have known that there was a company that had this type of culture, I would have wanted to support that company. I started Beautylicious because partially for profitability and margins and stuff, for sure, but also because I didn't know anyone else out there was like me at the time. I really only saw brands that were very much like um, inclined to be concerned with like hardcore aesthetic, um, like very... Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. We're in the beauty industry, but it seemed like it was kind of a, you know, they say a boys club, like a girls club. And it was hard to penetrate. And, you know, that was kind of the exclusive, the elites. And PLA is like the opposite of that. It's like everyone belongs. Everyone has a place. There's room for everybody. And we'll, if not, we'll make it. And so if I would have known that, this is where I would have been from the beginning. But I didn't know, you know? And so that's what, that's what I hope to change with PLA being here is like showing everyone this brand exists like this is where you belong yeah and uh, I think if I was listening to this as a lash artist I feel like I'd feel very so I don't know if this is gonna click or make sense but you know how whenever um imagine if you're just now getting licensed and you're seeing every post on Instagram, it is way more flooded than it ever used to be, right? For People sure. are like posting their wins every single day. They're creating content every single day. It is a lot of information and it's a lot of like success constantly thrown on your timeline, uh -huh. on your feed. And I can imagine that that would make me feel if I was just starting out and thinking, what do I want to do? oh my gosh, I'm inadequate. I'm not doing enough. I'm not there yet. I have to do these things. But if I was listening to this episode, you saying that, it would make me feel like a little at ease. Like I don't I don't have to create the whole thing. I could 
try and go find a company that really aligns with what I want and what um, what I believe in. And I could just go work for someone that's already established that and get paid really well. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's Enjoy job and not be stressed out. Probably less stress. Yeah. I think that that's a really cool message. And that's a big reason why I wanted you to talk about that at the summit, which we'll talk about later. But yeah. Yeah, so, I'll give more specifics and more details on like what like the pros and the cons and like, you know, what what I found for sure. I'll give I'll be way more detailed. But that was the gist of it. Just finding out how aligned, how much more aligned we were than I thought we were even. And, you know, Hakeem really just came here with they're incredible. They're doing awesome things and they're really nice. And I was kind of like, cool, but like, does that mean I need to uproot my whole entire life and, you know, all of my life's work to go and work there? I don't know if them being cool and nice and fun is like what that's like, care about. That's, that's all it sells me. Are they yeah. cool and fun? Let's go hang out. Let's <laughs> for me, it's like, it has to make sense. And yeah, so for me, I, I would say it, it kind of clicked pretty easily. Hakeem was already on board before. I think he was on board before Michelle even offered me the job, to be honest. He was already like, you're working there. Like, you belong there. That's where you're meant to be. And it it just came pretty natural. Like, we, I mean, it happened within weeks. It happened so fast. Within weeks. We just up and moved because the timing was, right. school was yeah. about to start. And I have two kids and that they're my main concern. Like, above anything else, their their comfort and, and their life stability is huge for kids. And when I realized, like, hey, we're going to have to move 600 miles away um, and uproot their entire lives, I talked to my oldest daughter. And I was like, hey, like, thinking about taking this job. But Michelle was really sensitive. She's like... If you want, we can do the bulk of it. Like you can fly out every now and then for the big projects we're working on and you can be remote for a while. And then once you decide, like, is this something you really want to do, then you can move, you know? And um, she was hoping I'd move by like January. So like this l- last month. And I talked to my daughter about it, my 11 year old. And immediately, of course, waterworks. She was like, we're going to move like my friends and all this stuff. And I'm like, I understand. But like this, you know, it's going to be good for us. And um she's so wise and mature that she was like, mom, if we're going to move, can we just move now before school starts? Because I don't want to move in the middle of the school year. It's going to like tear me apart. I'm going to be so sad. And I just, I rather just tear off the bandage, just rip it off. And I agreed with her. I was like, you're right. That makes more sense. I mean, we could always move back. I mean, worst case scenario is, you know, you could always move back, but completely honest, like I don't see myself ever like we're from Southern California. And so if you know anything about people from Southern California, like that's your whole personality. Like when you're a be- when you grow up in a beach city like we did, that's who you are. And that was who I was. And so to be here now in Northern Nevada, like it's definitely um, an, a shift, but in all the right ways. Like it, we have two small kids. We have two daughters and it's so safe here. It's so like um, just chill and it's a lot different. It's, it's a lot. Different. I just think it's a lot different than back home. Yeah. So, Hakeem, what has it been like for you watching Ashley in this new role? And then also for the Lash Poppy, like, has that put, do you feel more pressure on you because she's more doing this over here? Like, what has that been like? Oh, it's definitely more pressure. Be honest. You yeah. can be honest. Yeah, it's, it's, de- <laughs> it's definitely a lot more pressure on me now because Ashley isn't able to, before, like, I, I had Ashley, like, with me. I work all day and she'd, be, and she'd be the one that's, like, like she said earlier in the post, like, Hakeem's not always the one that wants to create content, but she'd be, like, on my ass a little bit. Like, hey, you know what? It's about that time. I would hold him accountable. Yeah, so. That's that's how I would phrase that. <laughs> she, she, she'd make, she'd put me to work, so. I'm I'm real lenient and like I'll let time go by and I'll be like dang like I haven't posted or I haven't done some you know some work and to be honest like a lot of the stuff that 
a lot of like I said, I, a lot of the stuff that was last popular or was very delicious was actually a lot of the good idea. Like I have good ideas too, but I'm you a lot. Great yeah, ideas. But a lot of like the hard work, like I think people don't understand like how hard Ashley Ashley work. You know, she works so hard. So for me to see her doing her thing over here, which is kind of cool because she still works really hard, but she gets to like chill a little bit now too, because back, back home, she was just constantly working. You know, it's like, you can't turn it off when you had like 14 hour days yeah, were regular for me. Yeah. And then, you know, like it was just, it I'm was, not bragging by the way. That's not bragging at all. It was just, it was just getting like, I would say it was like picking our home life a lot, but it was, it, it was, was it, but it, but it was, it is stressful. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're just working all day. And then sometimes I always like to joke, like if, at least if we didn't work together, like if I was mad at my boss, I don't have to see him no when I get home, but I go home with my boss. <laughs> I'd be like, eh. <laughs> like, we've been going through it at work. And I, like I said, for the most part, everything like we, we honestly do agree on a lot of stuff. I just, I just mess around a lot. So, and actually she's a real serious person. She'll be like, all right, Hakeem, it's time to get to work now. Like enough with the jokes already. Hakeem always makes the joke that like, um when i say i'm broke it's i have a good amount of savings in my bank account but when hakeem says he's broke it means like literally he has pennies in his pocket and that's kind of the way we are like that literally sums us up like hakeem is such a yolo treat yourself live your life life is short and i'm such a prepare for the worst you know and always be prepared and like never never put your expectations up and don't trust anybody and i'm such a like we're the opposite when it comes to the way we um run our businesses and so it it was a good balance but now it's like it, it's kind of leaning on my side right now so right now i've just been working on going to school i, I i've been creating content but i need to get back on it honestly i've been i've been kind of slacking for the past couple of weeks but well, the thing is though like so Something that I do is I work with people. I'm, I actually took a break from that, but I've been working with people, mostly solo artists who want to like learn how to leverage their social media and grow their salon or grow their small suite or whatever. And um, one of the things that I stress is that everything can't be viral. Like you shouldn't be chasing virality forever. And Hakeem has had so much virality over the years, which is great, right? It was great for exposure and for reach, but at a certain point that gets really tired. And what you have to do is if if you really want to make money off of that exposure, you have to nurture, you have to convert. Yeah. And that was something that we noticed about a year or so into building up the Lash Poppy. We realized he wasn't really converting the way I was, where yeah. I was like, 10,000 followers, but I converted way more than but they, they did. But they love Ashley. Yeah, those 10,000 people like adore her. Like they and, worship. Yeah, it was so it's different. Whereas like those 100,000 followers he had liked him. Yeah, they liked him. And yeah. they think he's funny. But that you don't buy $2,000 courses because you like someone and think they're funny. You buy a $2,000 course and fly across the country and get a hotel and get a babysitter for the week because you love and value somebody. And so it worked for us in the beginning because he would kind of get the attention and I would do the rest of the work. I do the heavy lifting. But the problem was now that I'm over here and I'm busy and I I mean, Michelle is really um, forgiving and very um, generous. She she is cool with us continuing to do what we do because she understood that we came, we came as a package, right? But the problem is that I'm so busy and I'm so invested in, and I'm so passionate about helping PLA accomplish the things that they're working on that I don't have a whole lot left over for Lash Poppy anymore. And so we realized at a point we're like, okay, that's actually not good because Ashley was the converter. So how does that work now? So we realized that Hakeem needs to transition his content and his audience to, to be more of a nurturing to like relationship to like me to love me to feel like they know me a little bit more so if you guys notice i've been doing like more vlogging style like getting to know me whereas before 
four hours just doing creating funny videos and stuff. Yeah. Like I, obviously, my, I still have humor in my videos, but it's more like behind the scenes, getting to know me, getting to see what I'm doing. Even a major strategy shift. Yeah, for with sure. Our yeah. Content. And we've seen a major improvement, honestly. Like, for sure. The engagement's like pretty like. Yeah, a lot better. Well. Yeah. So that's like because of that. Um, you know, we're not getting a lot more first time buyers or like those kind of things. We're more securing the return customers and stuff like that. But um, something that we're really um, kind of keeping on our radar is that um, there's some huge like shifts in the beauty industry that are coming. You have Mocra that is going to start getting enforced in, in July of this year, which is the FDA is going to start um paying more attention to cosmetics, which for the longest time in the United States, that was not a thing, right? Europe has had that forever. Europe has very high standards for where products are made and what's in them and the packaging process. Whereas the United States really didn't care about where you got your stuff. You could you know, slap a label on anything and sell it in the United States as far as cosmetics go. But um, in Ju July 1st, and I'm sure it'll get extended because these things always do. But as of right now, the date is July 1st. The FDA is going to be actually enforcing the laws about um fda regulating the cosmetics so that's basically anything that i believe i read the legislation and it pretty much says anything that is cosmetic so um superficial to be worn um for more than 24 hours i believe so lash extensions would fall under that and so because of that like some of the products we have in order to get them compliant with the fda's you know new regulations it's going to be expensive like that's the whole point right they do these things for money they do it not so much because they care about us but they do it to to make money and to stimulate the economy and when i'm here with pla like this is my priority i don't have the time to work on that right now and that's not hockey and strong suit that would be something that would fall under my duties and the more we talk about it we're like it, do we want to fight this fight now you know we've got over one thing and like do we want to go through with this what if some of our stuff doesn't meet the rec you know the requirements what are we going to do we're going to have to look for new vendors and all these things and the more it just makes sense to me to to kind of pivot again and so what that looks like for us in the next six months that's to be continued yeah. we, we don't we, we we're not 100 we don't 100 have that ironed out but the point is definitely changes are going to happen for us and it just again it just come back to making sense like it makes sense that we would make that pivot in our retail line when hakeem is now a one-man show and he doesn't really perform the best as a one-man show you know like we are when it comes to that we're a team and without the team then what right like what do you do without a quarterback? Like, <laughs> Out of curiosity, Hakeem, would you ever join, it doesn't have to necessarily be PLA, but would you join a company yourself? I would. We, we've talked about it. Yeah. yeah. So as if, as long as like the, obviously I'd have to be happy with the, with whatever the offer is and with whatever the work is that they want to do. But yeah, I, I'm open to, I've been open to a lot of things. I'm, I, th I feel like me and Ashley are just like the, like the king and queen of pivots. Like we, we're just down to pivot and work. Well, if it works, it works. You know what I mean? If, if it's. I think if, one thing that me and Hakeem, when we talk about this a lot, is that one thing we, one trait that we have cumulatively is we're not emotionally we don't tied hold, yeah, we don't to any to. part of our business, really. Like not really. Like the name, the location, uh, the brand, the logo, whatever. Like we're not really emotionally tied to anything because at the end of the day, like we know, like I know I can literally quit everything. I can quit this job at PLA. I can quit everything and I can go home. And what's something I didn't really do a lot of facials. 
I could start a facial business and I know I'd be okay because I know how to make money. I know how to get customers. I know how the good, uh, I know what a good client experience looks like. And so because I have that in the back pocket, I guess, and Hakeem does as well, he's a barber. He's a great barber. Like, because we both know how to do that. There's a level of like security. Like we're not as scared. Some people are more yeah. scared to do certain things. Whereas even right now, like I'm on the fence of even starting work. Now that we're in Reno, like which is new to us. I have, I literally hang, just hang out with the girls at school and then my girls at home. Um, so I told her, I was like, you know what? I might just even start cutting hair again. I've been, that's why I've been like, like hinting to like, now that I was like, I might start working at a barbershop just to create a life out here, you know, like not so much because, for the money. For the money. I mean, the money's going to be good. It's not bad either, but like, it's just, just because. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Have something totally. that you're passionate about. Until, until something, you know. Yeah. So what would you guys say? Like, um, I'm sure there's people listening that are hanging on to something and won't pivot for whatever reason. What would you say to them? What could you speak to that on? I would say don't hold on too long because sometimes opportunities come and they don't stay for long. You know what I mean? Sometimes you have to jump with opportunities that you get. You don't want to like let stuff get like oh no i'm holding on and thinking that's another chance is going to come by another yeah second chance it's sometimes it's like it's like i don't know if you guys ever heard like that saying it's like some guy was drowning or something in the ocean he was like praying to god and he's like oh please god save me and then some guy comes on like on a rowboat and he's like hey man do you he's like no no no, god's gonna save me and then like another a yacht comes by and then he's like no no no, uh, god's gonna save me and then like a cruise ship comes in no no no, we're good god's gonna save me and then he finally dies and god's like he's like oh he's like well why why are you here he's like oh you didn't save me he goes i sent three things like in your direction and you just didn't take them like you know what i mean like sometimes you just have to be open to changing that that, that what you're looking for may not look the like, way you with the way you think it's gonna look like but it's and if like then there's the people probably that's like if you have opportunities presenting yourself themselves to you right but what if you don't what if you feel like if you're one of those people that's like well i don't feel like i have any opportunities coming my way right um if you've ever talked to me long enough um you know that I have the philosophy of like, no one's coming to save you. And I think like, that's just something that I live by. And that's, I don't know, it's probably saved me a lot of times because I don't ever, ever, ever think anyone owes me anything. I never think that, um, I never just sit around and wait for some great thing to happen to me. I work really, really hard. And I, and I, there's been so many times, like there's all this talk of Paul keeps talking about like the MRR stuff, the master resale rights, like all these things, right? There's so many opportunities that I've had out there to make a quick buck that I can resell or I can, you know, package a Canva template real quick and say here, $10 just for today. Like I've, I could do that. My followers will buy it if I tell them to, because they trust me, right? I've built that trust over, over the last 10 years. And so I've had plenty of opportunities when times were tough to just be like, I'm just going to slap something together and like make a quick buck, but I never do it. I've actually gone through and like created something similar to this master resale rights thing before, done all the modules on on Kajabi and like been ready to go. And then I just can't hit send. I just can't do it. And I think like that's something that's really important to remember is that like staying true to who you are and like never doing anything that's unaligned with what you believe in. Um, that's when opportunities come to you. That's when you get chances. But what other people do is just they try to just hop around and jump to everything. And like one of these things is going to stick. You know, one of these things is going to be the ticket. And for me, I don't wait for one thing to come and be the ticket, I make it. And, or, or I work with Hakeem and like, I have an amazing partner who's like, Hey, I see this. You didn't see this, but I see this and I listen. And so that's really what I'm getting to is like being open to things and like 
taking that opportunity. Maybe it's working at a salon that you, maybe you, you were dead set when you got out of esthetician school of opening up your own studio, right? But you just can't afford it or whatever. Maybe you go get a job at a salon. Like that's how we all started. We all started working at a salon. Like I didn't just drop out, you know, you just get out of beauty school and open up Beauty Delicious. Like I worked first from home. I worked at salon on the weekend before I got my license. And, you know, like you make your way is what I'm trying to say. Like you you just don't wait for it to happen. You make your way. You change your barbershop into a lash, a lash salon. You change your barbershop into a lash salon. You exactly. Yeah. They're not always going to present to you is my point. Sometimes you have to make it. And the worst thing, I feel like, what do they always say? They're like, you'll you'll only regret the things you didn't do and not the things that you did like on your deathbed. That's what I've heard people say. And that's something I believe in like wholeheartedly. I would rather live my life knowing that I tried something and it didn't work out rather than living the that rest. I, that I could have I, I, I could have been. Like, yes. I mean, like now that I work at PLA, like I see all these amazing things we're working on that I wouldn't have any knowledge of if I didn't work here. And if I would have gotten this offer and declined it because I didn't want to get uncomfortable and like move away. And I would have seen some other girl doing all the things that we're going to do. Um, I would have, I, I can't even imagine how horrible I'd feel. I'd be like, oh my God, I could have done it better. Uh, that could have been me. And I just never want to be a, that could have been me girl. Like, mm -hmm. that's just not who I want to be. I want to be the, you know, I'd rather be the, you know what? I tried and I learned a lot about myself and moving forward. I won't make these mistakes again, girl. I'll rather be that girl. Absolutely. So cool. Um, I want to ask you guys about Lash Boss Summit. Yes. Um, <laughs> so you guys are speaking on stage again this year, this time something different. Can you talk a little bit about your topic, about your presentation? Yeah, for sure. So we actually, we always base our, whenever we speak at conferences, we always make sure we base it off of what people want from us. And so we're not one of those people that just pick what we do because to sell a course. First of all, I want to open up with that. Like this does not lead into any course that we sell or anything like that. This is literally just us giving as much value and helping where we can. And um, something that people don't know about Hakim and myself is that talking to the camera, showing up on social media, doing podcasts, like doing all the things that now we're almost kind of known for is does not come natural to us. Like I was talking to Carol Jamie. Um, she does coaching and stuff like that. She was a lash artist for a really long time. And she tells me that like she's it was always natural for her, like creating content, posting selfies, like talking to the camera, that it just always came like she likes it, genuinely enjoys it. And I remember envying her so much because it's not easy for me even today. Like I'm nervous, like I get nervous and I overthink everything and I'm constantly thinking about what Oh, you got to go. He has to go. He has to go to school. Okay. Go get our daughter. Okay. Sorry. I don't want to be leaping in her. No, Sorry. you're yeah. good. Thank you. Okay. But I'll wrap it up. But yeah. um, basically, yeah, he, he, Hakeem was really nervous. He didn't like creating content for a really long time. I, I'm good with writing. I'm good with words. So I like writing content. So I always saw myself as being like a writer or like a copywriter or something like that. That's some place where I feel really comfortable is like behind the keyboard and like expressing like getting a message across, but talking to the camera is really difficult and seeing myself, oh, the worst is like editing when when you're first starting out and you have to edit your own stuff and you have to hear mm -hmm. your voice. Mm -hmm. When I filmed my first class and I'm like cutting, it's like eight hours worth of video and I had to watch it all over and like see where I cut things when I make jokes and I'm like, wow, that was so cheesy. Like that was not even funny. And it's really hard is my point. I don't enjoy it. 
But for us, what I found is the impact is just unmatched. Like you, yes, you can create content and never show your face. Yes, you can post pictures and just have a really good copy. You can, and there's people who do it. But um, what I always say is that talking to the camera is like the gasoline that you throw on top of the fire that already exists inside of you. So yes, you can totally um, sell without ever showing your face on camera. But all of the people that people pay to see at LashCon and LashFall Summit, all of the people that you fly across the country or across the world to go learn from, all of them have one thing in common and they all talk to the camera. They all do face to camera. Like that's just a thing that that is a way that we can we we connect with people that it, it feels as close as possible to talking to them in real life. Right. Especially when the pandemic happened and we we longed for that community and that connection that we weren't having from being locked in our homes. And it was the thing that kept us together. The lash industry, in my opinion, grew so tight knit after the through the pandemic because we talked to each other on Clubhouse. We talked to each other, you know, on Instagram Live and we were doing whatever we could to stay relevant kind of and also stay in the public eye. And it's just so powerful. And I can talk all day about how powerful talking to the camera is. But that doesn't mean it's easy. It's just, it's not easy. Um, but the level of authority that it builds, the level of connection that it builds is unmatched. There's nothing else that does the same thing um, as being on camera. So we want to share how we were able to do it, even though, I mean, Hakim and I, you know, we're not, you know, the perfect bodies, perfect faces. And we try to, we don't, we have become really diligent about like not using filters and just showing up completely raw. And that is not easy. Let me tell you, like being in the beauty industry and seeing like a very specific type of person with very strong filters and like editing their faces, it can be, it can make you never want to show up. Cause you're like you said earlier, like as a new lash artist, you see these perfect curated lash sets and you're like, oh, well, I should just quit. Because I'm never going to, my work's never going to look like that. Well, same. I'm never going to look like XYZ person who just looks so flawless on camera. So my thoughts initially are, let me just don't do it then. But if it wasn't for speaking on camera, if it wasn't for going live, I wouldn't have met, never met Paul, who would have never introduced us to LashCon, who would have never had us as speakers. If I wasn't, you know, going live or sharing my stories, I would have never had the opportunity for you to hear me talk and be like, hey, she has something to say that I want to share, right? So many people say, how do you get on stage? How do you do this? How are people paying you to come teach classes? Because I don't shut up. Because I because I talk to the camera. And like, I, I feel like people want a different answer. They want me to say because of their logo or because of something that they can just pay someone to do and it's just not like people want to hear from me from Hakeem from you from all these incredible people because they talk to the camera but um it's easy to say just do it right just do it and I understand that that's not the way people work so I have created a little bit of I don't want to say like a formula but kind of like I have this system that I teach people in my coaching program people that I've been teaching here at PLA like how to overcome that fear and it's a simpler, I'm not saying easy, it's not easy, but it's simpler than you think. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it, you don't have to take acting classes or speech classes. Like there's ways to get comfortable on camera all on your own, all from your own phone. And I've been able to, I did the same thing with Hakeem and look at him now. Like 
Amazing. I cannot wait. I loved having you guys there last year. Um, and y'all's talk was very popular. My mom was even there to watch it. She saw like some of the talks whenever she came and she was obsessed with you guys too. So. Oh, I love her. Yeah. yeah. No, we had a really good time. And it, like I said, we don't just talk about what we want to talk about. We talk about what the people want to hear. And that's what we always do. I do surveys. I ask, I'm a numbers logistics kind of person. So I'm like, what do you guys want me to talk about? Because I don't want to hear myself talk about anything. So that was the number one last year was about like how to work together and how it works. And I'm so I just I love how full circle life works because last year our speech, mine and Hakeem's was the power of partnership. And like fast forward, like I partner with PLA and, you know, in the future, Hakeem's going to end up par probably partnering with a brand as well. And so like it just this is why I'm saying you have to stick to what you really believe in because how how much of a testament is that to what I believe in? Like, I didn't just make that speech about partnerships because it sounded good. It, I made it because I truly believe in that. And I've put my money where my mouth is now. Like, I am partnering with this amazing brand. So it just, I just, it's really exciting. And, and I know that all of the things that have been put into play have a lot to do with a, speaking at your event and meeting the people I met at your event. Like I have group chats with some of the girls, you know, that I really got close with that Lash Boss Summit last year. And they've like completely, Allie helped me name my, our speech for, for Lash Boss Summit this year. And granted, I knew Allie already, but like we got closer from hanging out all weekend at Lash Boss Summit and really realizing who you align most with. Um, and we've had other offers to collaborate. Um, Chris, I actually, that was the first time I met Chris Lash Guy Pro. We had talked on social media. I was supposed to come and do a little class at in Austin two years ago, but I got in a car accident on the way there. So that should have been where I first met him. But uh, I met him at Oshawa Summit officially. And after that, now, like, we're working on something in the back end. And, you know, there's just, like, I can't speak to how much... For us, Lash Boss Summit really like changed our careers. It changed our lives. And I don't, I'm not just saying that. So I don't get any money if you guys buy tickets, by the way. Like as this, I don't get any commission. This is really genuinely just like now, granted, I did the work too, right? I didn't just sit in the corner and, you know, look at my phone the whole time. I I put myself out there and I talked to people and um that's what it takes. And I know nobody wants to hear that because they're like, no, 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 there has to be another way. Can't I just buy this resale class? Can't I just do this? And it's like, you could do that, but that's not all. Like there's so much more. And that's what you're gonna learn at Lash Boss Summit. I looked at the the list. I know I, I think there's more than what's on the website right now, yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, but I saw what's on the website as of right now, and I'm like, just this alone, like just that alone would be more than worth your time. And to me, I'm like, if I would have known all those things, if I understood KPIs back then, if I could have gotten over my fear of the camera 10 years ago, if I, you know, like if I could have done so many of the things that you guys are gonna that are already on the speaker list. I can only imagine where I'd be. I might be PLA, you know, like I might have been that person, but when you, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm really excited about it too. I'm so excited to have you guys back and like to have y'all support too is like such an honor. You guys have been super kind to me and super supportive of everything. And I am really grateful for y'all for that, especially. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you're, you're not just popular at Lash Poppy, like you're popular at PLA, like you're popular, <laughs> you're popular through all of us. So it just, again, just, I know I keep saying it, it's probably annoying at this point, but it's just that alignment. Like I'm big on alignment. I'm big on capacity. And so for me, like 
knowing that I work for this brand that also loves and adores Shelby and Lash Boss Summit and wants to support everything that you do. Like when I first started here, they were like, oh yeah, no, no, we're going to do that because we want to support Shelby. And I am like, this is this Hakim was right. This is where I'm supposed to be because they literally feel like and they have they do the masterclass. PLA do the masterclass with Lash with Lashcast. Paul and Tessany have had us speak at Lashcon what three years in a row already. And we've been on their podcast twice. Like we are very aligned with Paul and Tessany. And so it make it just makes sense, mm-hmm. you know. Like it makes sense that people are aligned. There's and and just like you mentioned, like the lash industry as far as like retail goes, has gotten a little more saturated in in the last years for sure. Um, so has the conference space. So has this, you know, the courses space. All any anytime people see that something looks like it can make a lot of money, they're gonna they're gonna try it. And I've spoken at a lot of. I've spoken at a lot of conferences now. I mean, last year, I remember Paul came up to me. He's like, Ashley, you're popular this year. I'm like, I am? He's like, yeah, I checked the boards. You're speaking on more stages this year than anybody else that I know of. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. Like, he was listing them off. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm pretty popular this year. You are. And um, I just, I, I've so I've spoken at my fair share of events and like small and big. And I have to say, and I've talked about this before, I don't know on camera, but I've talked to people about it. I've never felt as a speaker, as um, from the attendees, like from what I saw, I've never seen another experience like Lash Boss Summit and the way that everyone, I mean, I've spoken at conferences where people are leaving halfway through going, mumbling out the door, you know, like, oh my God, that was a waste of my money. Like, you know, and then here at this one, you have people sitting in this still sitting when it's over like like what are you waiting for it's over like you guys gotta go and they just want more and they're like hungry for it they can't wait for the next one and and so and i like i said from the sponsors side because i knew all the sponsors last year and they all were really happy with the turnout they were happy with what they received and as a speaker same thing i just felt so valued which i'll be honest a lot of like there are times where some some people throw events and they don't think they realize how important the speakers are because they do care, do a lot of caring of the weight of getting tickets sold. And I definitely didn't feel that at this event. I felt like you recognize we, we had a mutual recognition of how important our both roles were. And so that just mutual respect, um, along with, like I said, just every little detail was so important so incredibly thought out and i told people i don't care if i never speak at lash Boss summit again like i'm going to tell everyone that they need to go because it is it's their i love LashCon, and anyone who knows me and hakeem we're LashCon stands right we freaking love we love Paul, we love Tiffany, we love lash but um we will pay to go to LashCon. like we don't like we will pay to go every Same. we do being a sponsor means you have to pay a lot <laughs> but um um but like they're different you know they're very different and i think people may look at them and think like, oh, well, you know, they spoke at LashCon, so it must be the same. It's not. We, Me and Hakeem never do the same presentation, ever. Like, ever. We've, I've never done the same one. I would never do that. Um, But also, and that's just like, that's just my, me as a person. I just want to make sure that I'm giving different value everywhere I go. Um, But also, even just the, this is a more intimate event, and it's made intentionally that way. And the way the balance between technical and business and you're not going to get multiple speeches that are the same i just think that it's yeah it's so well-rounded and i can go on and on and on and on and talking about it but i won't i won't bore people 
you should go. Um, and if you can't go, like, yeah, like you, like we talked about, like Lashcon's great, but it is different. It, it's different, and and it should be right. You sh- you should have two different events because you have two different type of people, or you have two different people, or you have people at different points in their career, mm-hmm. and that's something that's. I would say go to both personally. Like I would say go to both because you go for different things. But nonetheless, they're different and they're both great in their own way. I mean, Hakeem will go to, if we go to two, only two events ever, it'll be Lashwa Summit for sure and LashCon. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank yeah, you so much. Me and Ali have talked about it. We were like, we're Lashwa Summit and LashCon people from now on. Not to say that we won't go to other ones. I'll be speaking at a couple other things this year, but like those are just two that we we say not, you should you should just never miss. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for that. I agree wholeheartedly about Lashcon as well. Love them too. Um, well, thank you so much to both of you. I know Hakeem had to go, yeah. but um, thank you both so much for coming on. Every answer you guys just you know gave such a thorough answer and lots of gems in this episode. I was like. I was learning stuff. I was enjoying the whole thing. So thank you so much for coming yeah. on. And we'll see you in a few weeks. Yeah, so. exactly. I will be in Reno um, visiting PLA. So I'm so excited for that. And thank you again so much. You are amazing. And thank you. Thank you.